Welcome back, everybody. Prefer not to say is returned. James and Greg here. The master podcasters who are, are very rarely seen these days because we're being exploited <laughs> by the capitalist machine. Nah, i just been on a break. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The Oscars were last night. I, uh, I, I completed the death race beforehand. Dude, it was intense. I still don't I, understand how you do that every year. I did. What was it? It was nine shorts and 50, 43 features that I watched in a month and a half. 43 feature length films in a month and a half. Uh, a few of them were three hours long. No, sir. Not me. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. Though, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once cleaned house last night. Oh, for real? Yeah, it won. It won seven out of the eight or uh, out of the eleven categories they were nominated for. God damn! Yeah, they won uh, best supporting actor and supporting actress, best actress, best editing, best director, and they they won best picture. Oh my goodness! All right, I, I I have to actually see this movie now. It's actually really good. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing nothing but like good stuff about it, but like the way that people have been pitching it to me made me like really pushed me off of it, and I was like, I'm gonna chill out on this film and not not think about it until I got that bad taste washed out out of my mouth. People kept trying to trying to sell me on the film. By comparing it to, uh, what was it, Multiverse of Madness? And like, oh, this is what a multiverse movie is supposed to be. And it's like, well, why you got to compare it? Like, why can't you just tell me why you like the movie and sell it to me like that? You know, because I don't know. The, the, I'm one of those people where, like, if you're if you're putting it out a certain way, I'm going to go into it with an expectation. And then it's going to be, like, too high or too low. And then it's going to alter the way that I perceive the film. I think it's... You know what I'm saying? Like, someone else's opinion on it, the way they sell it to me, kind of creates a bias. Right. Oh, it won Best Editing also. I don't know why. I thought you already said that, though. Did I? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Oh, maybe I did go through all of them. Because, yeah, it's Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Editing, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Actress. Original best Screenplay, I think, is the one you missed. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no, it's it's a really good movie. I think... I don't think it was good to compare it. I think the comparisons really only mattered when they were both out at the same time because it is better. It is a better multiverse movie than Multiverse of Madness, but it's like it, that, that. That doesn't even matter. It's just a really good movie overall, right? It's it's the way they approach the multiverse that is absolute genius. Hmm, okay. Because once you figure out how this multiverse is created, it's like that's a really good. Like that was the best way to do it. All right, cool. All right, well then, yeah, for sure I'm going to put it on my watch list. Probably get around to it either today or tomorrow. It's also great because um, Ki-Hui Kwan, who was um, one Best Supporting Actor, um, he hadn't acted in like 20 years, and this was the first role he was offered. <laughs> and uh, you know, for those who don't know who he is, he was a short round in Indiana Jones and Data in the Goonies. No way, dude. Yeah. He just comes out of, he basically comes out of retirement and is like, yeah, I'm going to knock it out of the park real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's um, it's awesome because um, him and Brendan Fraser were in Encino Man together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 30 years later, they're both 
won an Oscar. Wow. It's also like the most wholesome thing seeing those two come back because it's like they're both really nice guys with no problems. And it was like, oh, they got their chance again and now it's it's going great for them. But the main reason I wanted to bring that up was because I had seen a TikTok forever ago on someone who is talking about it was kind of a criticism on the landscape of movies nowadays. And he said that uh, he asked, where are the, um, where are the adult films? And my first thought was like, what you mean dog? OF is popping right now. <laughs> Come on now. But, I mean, I got what he meant though, but I was just like, really, really? What do you mean adult films? And he was kind of talking about how um, there aren't any like middle ground films. You know, the ones that, you know, they're either, kind of too watered down, but then there are the, the other side of the spectrum where they almost kind of like condescend on your intelligence and alienate people. Okay. And I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Yeah, there really isn't much middle ground. I think the only middle ground we have is horror movies. Cause those can just be, those just to appeal to a wider range and you know, you don't have to overthink it or underthink it. But then I got to thinking like, like remember when we watched the John wick trilogy? Yeah. I thought that was a good example of like, yeah, it's it has enough to keep you interested, but it doesn't dumb things down. Like it creates this world that's fascinating. You're like, I wonder where this is going, but at the same time, it doesn't try to spoon feed you everything. Speaking of that, chapter four is coming out soon. Oh my goodness! I think they're also doing a series uh, based on the Continental. They are. At some point, I'm going to end up watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was done with three movies, but, you know, it is what it is. It's like, ah, fine. It's a good series. I guess I'll continue. I, I mean, it, well, I mean, the, the TV series probably ain't going to have a minute because it's going to focus on the Continental. But right. the fourth one, for sure, just it, it's a Keanu Reeves movie. I got to see it. Like, even right. his bad movies I enjoy. I think the Continental is also supposed to, like, kind of go a bit further back in time to, like, the history of the Continental. Which I'm kind of curious because it's like, come on now, a, whole, a hotel for assassins? <laughs> and they have their own currency, which is still probably one of the coolest parts of that whole thing. Honestly. Like, it, man, that's what, that's what cryptocurrency should have been. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a currency not manipulated by, you know, any other like foreign economy. It's like, we just have these, you know, these gold coins. And they're worth this, you know. I don't know. I mean, in <laughs> crypto is nothing more than a joke these days. Yeah, it is it is nowhere near what it was supposed to be. Yeah, it's just. But oh well, it was fun while it lasted. I just want my I just want regular money to be worth something again. Facts. Get a bunch of raises at work, and it's like it don't even matter, <laughs> right? Because all the prices are going up. Eggs are Honestly. back to reasonable price again, though. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that was a short lived phase. Yeah, they like cut in half or something like that. It's kind of wild. Yeah, so um, attract supply. It's a chick days, so a bunch of people have been buying chickens like uh-huh. crazy. Because you know they want the eggs, but I was like. The, the prices will probably go down before those chickens are ready to start laying. Yeah, for real. Like, I don't know. This is this was my whole like issue with it. Everyone was freaking out. Like, oh my god, the eggs! Uh, it's like it was a it was a a, a sweep of uh, bird flu that took out a, a huge population of you know 
farm-raised chickens, and so we didn't have access to all these eggs. I'm like, dude, it's going to take, like, not even a year for them to repopulate. Like, we're fine. Oh, you know, it's like, it's it's just bottled water and toilet paper all over again. Yeah. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. So, yeah, it just got me thinking. I think there are so many interesting movies that could be made and are made. I just don't think they have the they can't be pushed like a lot of the big franchises because a lot of people, I mean, some people, I, and I, I don't, I don't hate to say it, but some, some people out there have kind of bland taste and that's mm-hmm. fine. You can like what you like, but I think the, the ticket price problem is the one we need to solve because movies are already expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to justify <laughs> this viewing because it's not like back in the days. I remember back at Studio Twenty Eight where they had the the four dollar matinee, mm-hmm. or what it was it four or four fifty, or when the celebration opened the theater in Woodland Mall and it was like three dollars for like the second run. Oh my goodness, I loved it. It's like you know going to see a movie costs like fifty dollars if you get concessions. I think when I was in when I was in my early twenties, they were also serving alcohol at that uh, at that theater in Woodland. I thought that was the wildest thing. It's like, oh, okay, this is where they're making their money. <laughs> I think they started. I remember Studio Twenty Eight got its liquor license, and that was kind of like the beginning of the end because mm-hmm. a lot of problems started happening there. But yeah, no, I, I think I think a lot of theaters are like I know the Celebration North serves alcohol. Yeah, theaters out here do too. Yeah, so there's that, but that and that just adds to the more money you're spending. Yeah, that I don't know. It's it's kind of it's a it's a weird uh, concept to me, like going to a theater and like wanting to be drunk while you're watching a movie. Like maybe maybe there's something to it, but from my point of view, I'm only gonna go to a theater to see like a brand new movie or something like you know something I've never seen before. It's not like you're going to see something you've already seen and just drinking right. it up. And I want to be sober so I can remember it. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's just you know so many different movies that could be made, but I mean, there's this push to make all these really big, expensive movies, and I'm just like, that's not going to be sustainable for much longer. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand. They don't all got to be really big, expensive movies. I mean, like, how many films did you see that inspired you into an entire genre that were like low budget, um, made by like a really small team? You know, Dude, that's like my like, whole expertise in cinema is you low know, budget film. That's what I'm saying. Or like one of my favorites from that came out last year is this movie called The Menu. Okay, yep, I know about this movie. Uh, oh, you gotta watch it. It's so good. I think it's on HBO Max. Yeah, it probably is. It's 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 great. It's a uh, you know, um, Nicholas Holt who is a uh, he was Beast in um, X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he takes this girl who's um, played by um, Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy, and. They go in the ship and it's this fancy, you know, restaurant or whatever. And then like crazy stuff starts to happen. And then you like, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it's just, you got to watch it. It's great. It's just one of those movies. It's like, you don't have to overthink it. And it just keeps you interested the whole time. I'm just like, where are these movies? And it also wasn't nominated for anything. And I just think that's absolute nonsense. What? Yeah. I didn't even see that movie. And I know it should have been nominated for something. Isn't fucking Voldemort in it? Like <laughs> The chef? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the guy who played Voldemort? I think so. Yeah. I know him more as because um, he was in Grand Budapest Hotel, so mm-hmm. that's why I primarily know him from. But yeah, oh, and his performance was great. That's what I'm saying. He's a good actor. Also, John Leguizamo's in it. Wait, and he's what? always a good time. Really? Yeah. 
<laughs> Where? Oh, he's one of the main characters. Oh, is I, is he in any of the promotional material? Because I swear I don't to God, think I so. didn't see him. I don't. I I never saw him in there. I didn't even know he was in it until I watched the movie. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's a good example. It's not like one of those ones where you, you know, all the all the media sites. The, the ending of this explained. You don't need it. Yeah. It just works. It, it's obvious. It, it's it's fun. But also, there's other things. That it's like. It doesn't take much to keep people interested. You can hit the brain, right? Like, I think one of my favorite examples was like when I showed a Greg a little movie called Primer. And I went into this like, you know, it's sci-fi. Greg Greg might think it's kind of cool. And uh, I showed it to him. And what I didn't realize is he like, it, it stayed in his brain for days afterwards. And he was like telling other people about it and trying to show other people. And I was like, oh, is, is this really that interesting? I fuck with sci-fi heavy. I didn't realize until like two years ago that it's my favorite genre. Oh, so it's like they didn't even have to do anything like too epic. Just the screenplay and the story was enough. Especially it's like it's about time travel. I mean, but a really weird time travel. 80% of the movie is like two dudes talking to each other in a room. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it it like you, they didn't have like a massive budget. There's no crazy special effects for like the time travel stuff. There's no there's no big names in it. There's no like crazy star appeal. Pretty pretty tame set scenery. You know, it's just like a suburb and like a warehouse. And it's still and it's it's all it's all in the writing in that film. I think it's all in the writing and like the the performance of the the two leads. And just the ideas they present as far as their version of time travel. Because it's not like regular, oh, we'll go into the past and cause crazy stuff to happen. It's like, no, it's this very limited form that causes the the classic, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and it just destroys this friendship. But then it makes you think, like, can we actually do this? Yeah, I think that was it was a, it was a head scratcher for sure. I think that's what I liked about it the most. You know, it, it, it used its very... Um, very very simple visual aesthetic to to like get you in before it drops this big like what's the word I'm looking for here to be before it drops this 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 big concept on you yeah cuz like the first half of the movie it's just this you know couple engineers and their buddies working on various projects trying to get something big going and then you know, they kind of split off and then the main characters, they're they're creating something to do one thing and then they're like, wait a second, we can travel through time with this. It's like, wait, hold up, what? Like, you figured it out on accident? That's such a, that's a, such a bizarre twist on, like, time travel. But they kept it simple and it still made something that w- was very effective. And yet we have people spending hundreds of millions of dollars on movies that are duds. Mm-hmm. Or you have James Cameron who's just making really really bland video games that you can't play dude it's the fleet of editors i swear to god i knew that like visual effects were going absolutely crazy when uh i forget who told me this but when they when someone told me about uh i think it was a james cameron movie actually um they're talking about the cost of like creating the visual effects for any of his like explosions or whatever and they're like, yeah, it's cheaper to buy and explode an airplane than it is to animate it. And I was like, holy crap, that's doing entirely too much. Well, that was my thing because he's—it's all 
That's why I don't like photorealism. It, it, just do it for real. Why you got to spend all this money on, on computer effects? Just do it for real. But it's also, again, it's like it's a sustainability thing. You can't keep spending this much money because, you know, we all can't afford to see these movies all the time. Well, you can keep spending this money if you're spending some wealthy, you know, studios money and not your own. Right. Well, also, it's like you always hear the stories of like effects houses going bankrupt over movies, mm-hmm. which is so bizarre. It's like you, you, you ran this company into the ground just for a movie. Like, that sucks. But it's also just not... It's not that good of a movie. Like Avatar the Way of the Water, it was it was fine, I guess, but it it wasn't really anything special. I still haven't seen it. I think the only thing that's cool is like the underwater stuff they do, but that's about it. it it's pretty it, the plot borrows heavily from the first film. Is was it just more dances with wolves? Well, yeah, I mean, this isn't really uh I don't know, this isn't really a spoiler. Or at least I won't try to make it a spoiler. No, that's probably a spoiler. But um, Jake Sully and his family, they're in danger, and then they have, and then they end up having to go to another civilization, a Navi, and then adapt to their way of life. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, because these Navi, they, you know, uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's basically a water nation. <laughs> you know, what's really funny about that though. What's up? So you know the the original group in Avatar, they're from the forest, right? Uh-huh. This one's water. The next uh-huh. one's supposed to explore Fire Navi. Oh my god! It's just av- it's li- it's literally just <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender. Jake Sully, the fucking the 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 human Navi, gonna master all the elements. What's after that? The oh, wind Navi, bro. Huh? Wind Navi, Sky well, Navi. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Is like, uh, is the first tribe his tribe? Are they Earth Navi or or Wind Navi? Because they're riding fucking dragons, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like they were riding those things through the fucking sky. Are we sure they're not? I mean, and they were living in trees. Like, are we sure they're not technically the the air navy, navi? And anytime anyone brings up Avatar, people instantly think the last Airbender and don't really care about James Cameron's Avatar. Yeah, I don't know why he called it Avatar. What's funny is he actually had the name before they made The Last Airbender. That's the reason it was called The Last Airbender is because they couldn't use Avatar. Dude, what? Oh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, he had already, well, he had conceived the idea. The movie was originally supposed to come out in 99, like after Titanic, but he was like, nah, technology's not where it needs to be. Wow. So, yeah, so it was like, yeah, so I don't don't remember when he uh, had trademarked the name, but, yeah, they couldn't use it. So that's why they added The Last Airbender. Speaking of, I love the announcement that they uh, created an entire studio dedicated to expanding that universe. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know if I'm excited because I, I, I've I have never even seen uh, Katara or whatever it's called. Korra. There we go. Legend of Korra. I've never even seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm not really like sitting here on my thumbs. It's like, oh my god, I can't wait for more in the Avatar universe. Like, Atlas was enough for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you don't want to ruin a good thing. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. 
talking about um, why we need a, a little bit more diversity in media to appeal to, you know, kind of like a broader scope of, uh, I don't want to say intelligence. I guess just like something that doesn't alienate people too much. You know, it's funny because I kind of have an issue with certain films geared towards children because a lot of them treat kids like kids. And by that, I mean, they, they treat them like almost less than like they can't comprehend something that's a little bit more mature or complex. <laughs> they Dora the Explorer them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think a really good kids movie that doesn't treat kids like kids, especially at Star's Kids, is Spy Kids. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Like and that and, and that movie still slaps. I, I I don't know. Sometime last year, I like watched all of them. The third one still sucks. <laughs> and actually, though it does have its defenders, but yeah, it, it it's like it didn't really date itself either. There isn't really anything there to kind of age it. But it's like, oh, kids, parents are spies. They get kidnapped, and now they're the spies. Like that's actually really cool. <laughs> or I feel like that's something that the government would actually do. Like. <laughs> Oh man! Well, this 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 caliber of spy has got to be in the genetics. We'll just get their kids to go get them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but also there's a um, because I know there's a lot of people or certain individuals complaining in the industry how there's no like you don't have like classic rom coms like they used to have in the '90s and the 2000s. Or just like a lot of the mid-budget films they used to have. And I was like, you know what? That actually, they really don't. I mean, I don't really care that they're gone, but there's just a whole type of film that just doesn't exist anymore. I was going to say, I'm going to be entirely real with you, dude. I don't give a fuck that rom-coms are dead. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I, I don't really care either. There are people who like them. It's like, you know, there there's people who want uh, there to be movies like Legally Blonde or... Michigan geniality and all those kinds of movies. Uh, I just got sick of seeing the same carbon copy burnout dude puts his or gets his life together so he can get the girl type shit. Or like any rom-com that starred Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. You know, I was kind of thinking about that, but I guess it got kind of overtaken. I kind of, the death of the rom-com kind of was given to them by like the rise of the Judd Apatow dramedy. I think those are what kind of like took those out and replaced them because there was like a specific vibe to those movies that the rom-coms didn't have that just appealed to everybody. Like I remember we've been, uh, cause I, I, I assigned a couple unhinged movies for a uh, cinematic smorgasbord for my other podcast. Uh, and one of them was, I assigned Andreas, Freddie got fingered. And it reminded me, because I rewatched it, it reminded me how absolutely unhinged the early 2000s was. Like, the movies made then, it's like you could, no no, no one's brains could think of those anymore. Like that, or like films like uh, Joe Dirt or Dude, Where's My Car? It makes me wonder if just everyone was just on drugs. Oh, they probably were. But just all these really weird things came out, and it was just... And they were always like super problematic too. Like by today's standards, it was just like, ah, it was normal. (laughs) Oh man. What was that one movie? Uh, I think it was, um, sorority girls or sorority something. The three dudes who were like, uh, cross-dressing as women to get into a sorority so they could go to college or something like that. 
oh, I I vaguely know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that movie would <laughs> would piss people off nowadays. Or like white chicks. <laughs> What's funny is everybody's like, "Well, you couldn't do black chicks." I was like, "That's just inherently racist." <laughs> that's like that's that's that would be done in bad faith. So the funny thing about white chicks, and I actually discussed this on my other pod, that is a loose remake of a Marilyn Monroe film. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's this movie called Some Like It Hot. It stars Marilyn Monroe, but the the main characters are these jazz musicians and they're on the run from the mob. Uh-huh. And well, they're also trying to get work, but they're on the run and they uh cross-dress and join a, a band composed of all ladies. Oh my goodness. And yeah, and that's what that's what the basic premise is and the the quote unquote white girls that they're portraying, they're actually based on Paris and Nikki Hilton. Oh my God. Because one of the Williams brothers thought it would be funny to do a movie as them. And I just thought, wow, see, I think this is why media literacy is important because there were specific intentions and influences for this movie. When people say we should do black chicks, it's like, you're just be, no, no, you just want to do black chicks to be black chicks. Now, if, if there were two specific people that you wanted to portray, Sure. Then it's not about the race, it's about these people and their mannerisms and their characteristics. But, I don't know. White Chicks is a movie that just makes me cringe every time it's brought up. <laughs> yeah, like, looking back at it, it's, it is super cringe. Then again, there's so many things that are cringe from back in the day. But this year, actually, or the past year, had actually some really good movies. I think my biggest thing is a lot of movies don't get the the same theatrical releases as the bigger movies. No, absolutely not. Like for everything, everywhere, all at once, they had to keep expanding the release. Like it was done in like a, a smaller set of theaters and they had to keep expanding it in order like to keep up with demand. And then now it's best picture. Well, at least they were, at least they were doing it to keep up with demand and they weren't just like competing for spots in theaters just because yeah, we're just taking up theater space for no reason other than, like, we want this in as many theaters for as long as we can milk the milk it for. Cause like, or there's just really good films that don't get, like, big releases at all, like The Northman. Mm-hmm. That was a really good movie, but it didn't, it didn't profit, but that's because it wasn't, that's one of those movies it wasn't really made for profit. What do you mean? Some movies, despite the cost, are made because there are people who like certain filmmakers, and so they want to keep funding their art. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you see a movie and it loses money, it's like it's not always because it was bad. It's always because it was like this isn't for everybody. If that makes sense. You're saying the film was just made so that the the person making it could make the movie. Yeah. Like not every production company is expecting to make millions upon millions of dollars. I mean, so in, in movies, it's like, you know, they're they're fairly expensive to begin with. But yeah, it, it's not something that was is designed to be something because like a lot of the smaller movies, it's like they don't have big theatrical runs. That's why it seems like the numbers wise, yeah, it was it didn't open on like eight thousand screens and ran for three months. I'm pretty sure Avatar is still in theaters right now. Yeah, I don't really track um, or I don't really gauge a movie's success based on like ticket sales in theaters. Ever since like, what was it? They kept re-releasing the first Avatar movie, or they kept re-releasing... Titanic? 
Yeah, yeah, just to, you know, pump up the numbers. I'm like, all right, well, of course the movie's going to seem successful when you put it in theaters fucking 47 goddamn times. And when everybody in China watches it. Right. But, I don't know. For me, for me, I consider a film a success if like people are buying copies of it so that they can watch it in their home again and again and again. You know, well, that used to be another part of it, but there's like been the trial streaming. run is what I'm trying to say. Like, I'll go to the theater and watch a movie that I don't know much about. I mean, that's how I saw The Green Knight. I fucking hate that movie, but I still have to watch The Green Knight. It's, it's so bad. That that movie hurt watching it. Like I'm not gonna lie, I was in pain, almost as bad as when I watched. Uh, what was it? Um, Tusk. <laughs> oh, Tusk was awful. Yeah. What's funny though is, I heard really good things about the Green Knight. Like so much, so much. Show like um, a friend of our friend Josh Cameron. He writes for Films Fatale for Andreas. Mm-hmm. He gave the Green Knight a perfect five on Films Fatale. Holy fuck, dude. All right. But that goes to just show it's like, that's fine. It wasn't your cup of tea, but it was somebody's. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I I don't know. It's just interesting to hear when people like see that. Because I don't know. I had a particular experience with this movie. And it's interesting to hear other people have seen the same movie and say, oh, man, it was a really good movie. Perfect. You know, five out of five or ten out of ten, whatever metric. I don't know. It's almost like you wonder, like, what happened in their brain that didn't in mine. Yeah, or, like, what happened in my brain that didn't in theirs. I, I, I think I got, like, 20 minutes into the movie, and it just became a fucking joke to me. Like, I couldn't take it seriously. But honestly, I think that makes it more interesting. Just, like, the stark contrast in, in opinion. Yeah. Because that is one of those movies where it's, like, it's a, it, you know, a certain individual is going to love it. And then other people are going to hate it. Oh, I remembered. I remembered exactly what it was. It was the ending. I promise you, watch this movie, get to the end, and you'll understand exactly why I was furious, why I can't stand that movie. Oh, I can't wait now. Mm, you got to. Do you, you'll, 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 I swear. Like, it'll, like, I, I, I remember it now. I remember it as clear as day. Like I was in the theater yesterday. It was all right. It was okay. I was chilling through the whole movie. I was like, all right, I'm not really vibing with this. It's kind of boring. Gets to the end. I about wanted to like lose my shit in the theater. <laughs> I was upset. Like it's very rare that like I I go off on a whim to see a film in the theater and I'm like, all right, well, I'm upset about this. I regret buying the ticket, but I regretted buying the ticket for that movie. Honestly, I think I'd rather I'd almost I almost prefer to be on opposite ends of the spectrum either way for a movie i don't want to go see something and just be like meh like <laughs> yeah i want the impact to be like intense regardless if i hated it or loved it i can feel that there's there's plenty of movies where it's like it's okay and i'm just like ah, it's not really enjoyable i really i'm i'm really a fan of uh the writing and the performance in films that has me absolutely hating a particular character <laughs> I, I i love That's awesome. it awesome it gets me it gets me so into the film like i feel like i'm in that universe and i want to kill this person 
<laughs> total immersion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like that's how I know the writer and the the actor and the director. They were all in sync when like <laughs> when they were shooting that scene. You know, everything came out perfectly, and I was so, I was entirely sold on it, and I, I was just furious with the characters' like behavior. I love movies like that, films, TV shows, anything. If you can get me that emotionally invested in someone that I despise. Have you seen yes, Uncut sir. Gems? Uh, no. Oh, you've got to watch it. If you like that kind of movie, oh, Adam Sandler plays the worst person in the world. <laughs> it also is one of those movies, if you want anxiety for two hours, this will do it to you. Oh, God. Also, like, it had one of those, like, the best endings where you're just like... Oh, I, I'm not even going to spoil it. You have to watch it. I think that's on HBO Max, too. But, yeah, it's just so wild. Also, it's one of those movies where I'm, I'm like, super mad because Adam Sandler is a really good actor. He just chooses not to be. <laughs> He'd rather just launder money and vacation with his friends on, like, grifting some corny comedy than, like, do, like, really awesome flicks. It's like, we got $100 million. Let's go to Costa Rica and shoot something stupid where I have a hot wife that I don't wouldn't really have in real life. Because <laughs> I'm like, grown-ups. Like bro, his wife was played by Salma Hayek. Come on now. Yeah, for real. I don't know. I, I think that's funny because like, that's, that's kind of... Uh, I'm not going to say my approach because obviously I'm not like on that level. I mean, it's like you could do so much more, but it's like, yeah, but like, why? <laughs> He does it sparingly. He gives you a taste for something really special, and then he's like, all right, comedy's again. Actually, no, there's uh, there's actually been a couple of movies I've seen in him recently that are really good. I remember I saw a little bit of a, was it The Ridiculous Six? That was a pretty good movie. That, oh. That is so goddamn funny. It was, oh, it was so cringe. I think also Taylor Lautner was in that, and I was just like, dude, why, no one should try to save his career. <laughs> also, I think there's a, I think it's a big problem with being too concerned from an industry standpoint with like massive IP. Cause like it either works or it doesn't like we've talked about this before. And I think we even talked about because it, the main problem was timing the Warcraft movie. Oh yeah. I think the problem was they did a film too many years after South Park made fun of it. I guess, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's why the film failed. Oh, not, not exclusively, but I think it's like there's so much time that's passed where it's like, had they done it at like peak, World of Warcraft popularity. Oh, it probably would have done way better. Yeah. Um. So if they had dropped it when, uh, let's see what expansion was it? I think it was uh, Wrath of the Lich King was when World of Warcraft was at its most popular. They had uh, 15 million active subscribers. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Then they had then. So it's. I want to say it was 15. It's probably closer between like 14 and 15 but anyways if they had dropped the film then you know that's when all the hype was like oh man they got this in the works you know they're working on a movie who knows if they had dropped it then it would have it would have been a you know a blockbuster it would have been great but no they waited a couple of years after people lost interest and they flipped the fucking script on the plot and they're just like people like the fan base wanted you know the story that they had been living in this mmorpg and that's not what they got they got a like slightly twisted like retelling of like the origins of uh two of the primary factions in that game and that's not what anybody asked for i think that's the that's the issue that's the reason it failed is like it the plot got like 
leaked-ish, you know, like, you know, see trailers and see what's, you know, coming out of the film. And right. I, I think the, the fan base in particular felt, like, betrayed, I guess. I don't know. I can understand that. I think, you know, I think they were probably trying to make a massive film universe out of it when they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. I still like the movie, though. But it's definitely, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. It's It's a movie where it's like, unless you know... The content, unless you know all the references, that movie is just not for for you, you know? If, well, that's the if, other thing, too. If I wasn't a World of Warcraft fan, like if I didn't play the game and know the lore, then it would just seem like some wacky, vibrant, fantasy-setting nonsense with, <laughs> with knights and orcs and elves and shit. That's all it would have looked like. Yeah, why can't they do something like... You know, somebody should just do something really interesting. Like, why hasn't we made a Star Fox movie? I think nobody's made a Star Fox movie for the reason that they shouldn't have made the World of Warcraft movie. (laughs) (laughs) They were being smart about it. It requires so much explanation. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, because you'd have to explain all of the anthropomorphic characters and you have to explain the, the, the back lore and like... I feel like things like that shouldn't be films. They should be like TV shows, you know? Oh, no, I get that. That that actually makes more sense. Yeah, that sounds like something that should be a TV show. Like, that's why I'm excited for, like, the 40K show that uh, that Amazon is working on. Because it's not going to be a film, so it's not going to have, like, an extremely condensed plot. You know, I like, I ideally, I would like it to go for, like, eight fucking seasons, so that they can take all the time they need doing all the fleshing out of the characters and the worlds and, you know, the story and the setting and all that. I kind of don't like seeing movies based on the things that I like that aren't already, like, films or books. Because then it's just a, a compressed, like, micro version of it. And then it takes too long to actually really expand on things because i mean you know especially with how tv is nowadays it's like you know seasons drop every two years and they're like eight eight episodes i don't know with with film i feel like one of two things is going to happen you're either going to get like an hour and a half movie it's hyper condensed the plot moves way too fucking fast or you're gonna gonna get you're gonna get this three hour slog that people don't want to sit through because there's so much explanation Right, and you can't like produce multiple movies at once because you don't even know if the first one will do well. Yeah. Some of these stories are just too damn big, man. And some stories are just right. <laughs> like a bit, everything everywhere all at once. Oh, another thing about everything everywhere all at once is uh, it is the most awarded film in history. Wow. Like it, it has more awards than Lord of the Rings Two Towers. More award, more awards than Two Towers in a, a goofier name. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because IGN posted a video on TikTok saying that, and then uh, they played like the antagonists who were like, oh, well, there's more awards than there are back then, and then they actually broke it down to the most basics, and it still beat it. <laughs> Got them. Dude, everybody loves this movie, except for people who don't, but they don't matter. <laughs> you can have your opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> this is one of those movies where I say you're just objectively wrong and you're just being ants at a picnic. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like people need to clear. I've been doing this a lot lately. I've been encouraging people I know to do it a lot lately. 
when you're going to voice your opinion on a movie or or whatever and say it's good or it's bad, make sure you are clarified that it, that it is your opinion. Because if you don't, people will take it as you're saying it's an objective fact and then they're going to lose their fucking mind over it. <laughs> you will avoid so many fights if you just say, <laughs> man, everything everywhere all at once is a pretty shitty movie, in my opinion. It's <laughs> all you got to say. Well, all right, everybody. That's the show for today. If you'd like to listen to more of me rambling, stay tuned for the next episode of this series. I don't know when it's coming out because, you know, it, it it's not easy to produce this show, even though it's really simple. But if you'd like to hear me talk more, we have my show, The K-Cut, which Oscar season is over, so now we can kind of live normal lives somewhat again without our lives being consumed by movies. If you'd like to check out my music and stuff I'm doing with that, I produce release music under the is Boutique Paul. You can find my socials at BTQ Paul. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention the socials on everything. For the socials are the K-Cut, it's at the K-Cut and at PNTS Pod. You can find Greg in the director's cut of your childhood. Yeah, I was there. Whether or not you remember me, I was there. So people are going to start thinking back like, yeah, Greg was there. How did I not see him? I was the guy in the corner, watching over everyone, making sure shit went down the way it was supposed to be, because I'm a time traveler. All right, everybody. That's the show for today, and as I always like to say, collaboration breeds community. Stay hustling, stay hydrated. Peace. Peace.